This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergath. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Todd and Friends Podcast, brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Greg Snow sitting in for Todd Bergath on a beautiful Thursday morning. A little windy here in Wilmer, but not too bad. Today's guest, as normal on Thursday, is Voice of the Gophers, Mike Grimm. Mike, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, boy. it's uh, We're into the golf season. Uh, let me find some feedback here. We're into the golf season. Things are going well. Uh, I, I can't complain, Mike. I, I get to go to a golf course every day. You know what I mean? I, I bet yeah. you're that way with your job. You're like, what can I do? How can I complain? I get to talk sports all day. Yeah, almost every day I feel that way. There are days that, that uh, you know, as always, you don't. But, yeah, I feel uh, yeah, I feel that way almost every day uh, heading to work. Like, man, um, it's nice to do something you enjoy for a living. So I had my assistant pro say to me yesterday, um, uh, well, he was talking about his old job and some things that were going on there and, and um, you know, how it ended. And I said, well, good for me. I said that you got to come here and work for us. And he goes, it feels like I'm not even working, Greg. And I was, my eyes just lit up because I'm yeah. like, that's perfect. I go, that's exactly how we want it to be because I couldn't do my job without him. And he knows, yeah. I mean, he knows it, but he's humble enough to kind of understand that, you know, this is a team effort and all we're dealing with is people who want to play golf. Yes, there's a lot of work to be done, but man, for the most part, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, for sure. For sure. If we just, all, the only thing is if we could just get these, uh, summers to last a little longer uh, to enjoy it a little bit more out there right? exactly so mike uh, as you know todd and i were big golfers we love it and that's our kind of our world so mm-hmm. i i had a chance to go back and look at uh, some of your stuff and i noticed that you interviewed isabella mccauley now i'm sure you did the background on her you know uh she's a famed famed already as a freshman at uh, for the gophers but her high school career was just immaculate she actually won the minnesota golf champions um, talk to us a little bit about that interview. Tell us what went on with that and before we get into, you know, she just got done at, uh, at Nationals down in Scottsdale, and um, she's just an impressive young woman, isn't she? Yeah, she her college career is off to a great start as well, and, um, you know, I think it's pretty cool. She stayed home. She golfed, I believe, was it at Sibley, right, high school, and, um, and uh, won a couple of state titles and um, was at the state tournament. Um, every year but one, and the year she missed it, uh, we, we talked about this in the interview, uh, the year she missed the state tournament, uh, the reason she missed the state tournament was because she qualified for the U.S. Open, and, and not like the junior U.S. Open or an amateur, or the women's U.S. Open, the act, you know, like we're talking about the actual U.S. Women's Open, and she played in that because uh, she had qualified for that. So um, that's a pretty good reason to miss the state tournament as a high schooler. And then um, she was telling me that when – she she was able to watch, uh, I believe, the year she missed the state tournament, and I, I believe her sister may have won the state title that year. So it was a pretty pretty cool uh, thing, and obviously golf in the family. And the fact she stayed home was pretty cool because um, I, I'm sure she had options to, to go elsewhere to play. And uh, she's helped kind of revitalize, frankly, the, the women's golf program, which just has at Minnesota, which um, it just hasn't been that great. And it's hard uh, for northern schools to really be great because it's a hard place to recruit to when you got southern schools able to say, hey, you can come and play year round. But they have, as you know, they've upgraded the facilities. They've got a great simulator. They've got uh, an amazing practice area. Um, 
And so, um, that, and, and there's another freshman, um, uh, what is her name, uh, Mariana Masones, uh, uh, who is her roommate, and she's from Peru, and she also had a great freshman season. So uh, that program is on the uh, on the rise. Mike, these uh, these young kids are told that a lot. That hey, if you want to be competitive and you want to play on the LPGA or on the PGA Tour, you better go south where you can play all year round because Minnesota is such a short season. So did that come up in your interview with her? Did you guys discuss how she chose Minnesota or why she chose Minnesota, knowing yeah, yeah. that that carrot is out there? Yeah, she she did talk about it a little bit, um, and she just had this draw to, um, uh, well, first of all, Real Breesland is the head coach, and she is a real likable person, and I think that that helped the the head coach for the Gophers. She's you got to remember now, this is either her second, just finished her second or third year, and she's building a program. She came from um, a smaller college down in Louisiana to take this job, and she and she's done a nice job. And so that was one of the issues, and I think she just – I think she just wanted to represent the school. You know, I think she wanted to stay home and be close to family and um, and, and represent the University of Minnesota. So that was that was pretty cool. And then she went to um, she went to the regionals. She was the only Gopher that qualified for the regionals. And because of that, they have it's an interesting qualifying format. The NCAA regionals. Um, I, I forget how many total teams there are, but as a if you qualify as a total team, you you're, you're automatically you know into the regionals. And then they invite, I forget how many, um, it's not a lot, of, of individuals. Uh, in other words, golfers who are good enough to contend but aren't on a team yet that is qualified for the regional. So she was invited, earned a berth. And then to qualify for the nationals, um, you have to be the top golfer um, in that regional uh, in terms of scoring, I mean, in, in the tournament. Uh, you know, like I think they take five teams, so... All five teams that are the best, they go. And then they take the top golfer from a team that, um, that's there that didn't, you know, that didn't qualify as a team and the top, and then the top golfer uh, who did not even have a team there was just an individual performer. And she was that. She was the top individual performer. And so she was able to qualify for nationals. And I think she finished like 70th in the country, which, you know, you think about that as a freshman and all the college golfers and, she finished 70th, so she had a really brilliant freshman season, and I'm sure there's more exciting things to come for her. Yeah, I was just reading that about Masonas. They both were tied for the lead after round one of that regional that you just talked about. Yeah. How about that, staring down your your teammate and roommate? Is that what you told me? Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't know each other uh, when they got to school, and they roomed together, and uh, she, in the interview that I did with her, said that, uh, you know, basically they've turned into best friends, and she said they they actually play better when they're paired with each other because they the, uh, each of them kind of feed off of the other's um, weaknesses and strengths. Her, uh, she said that her strengths help uh, because they're kind of uh, the other golfer's weaknesses and vice versa. And um, she said that uh, she is calm, more calm when she plays with her. So it, it's pretty cool. That is uh, that gives me chills, uh, Mike, because she could have easily lived at home, I believe, and probably commuted into school. And I don't recommend that for any freshman. I think freshmen yeah, I should live on campus and get a taste of the college life. And then you have that. Now you probably got yeah. a lifelong friend, um, you know, be a bridesmaid in a wedding someday, that type yeah. of stuff, and that yeah. you just don't get at high school. I, I think that's a super cool cool note that she was willing to do that 
Yeah, absolutely. And then, then the following week, as long as we're talking about it, Ben Warrion is a guy um, for the men's golf team for Minnesota. I did a, a similar interview with him the week after. So this is all within the last month or so. And he uh, also qualified. Um, again, the Gopher men did not as a team, but he earned a berth. Um, he is from Stillwater, I believe, and a kid that stayed home and was kind of a late bloomer. He, he you know, was, was a pretty good golfer coming up through. And, and I asked him about the same question, uh, staying at home and, and golfing for Minnesota. And he said he was pretty honest about it. He's like, I didn't really have a lot of teams just coming and begging me to golf. Oh, like, really? home. Okay. And he's developed now as a sophomore into, uh, I mean, he qualified for the state tournament. I think he finished second in Minnesota, maybe, um, if I remember correctly. Um, don't quote me on that. Don't, 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 don't place any bets on that info. I'm trying to recall, <laughs> but it, um, but it was a good interview. It was, it was, it was fun to hear, um, how his game has developed. And, um, I say late bloomer. He's only, uh, I think he just finished his, his third year of school, second year of, of um, eligibility, so he's got a couple years left of eligibility, and um, and I think the future is bright for him. Now he did not qualify for the nationals, um, but he he did uh, golf in the regional and 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 did well. But again, you have to be the number. They only take one guy, right? You know, that's not attached to a team. And um, and I, I can't remember. I want to say maybe he finished sixth out of that group of players, and which is still pretty good. So um, I think uh, you know Justin Smith is the men's coach, and he's one of the great people that I get to deal with. Um, you know, get to see him here and there uh, around campus. And um, he was a Justin was a member of the um, of the Gopher national championship team of 2002. Which you think about that? Wow, it, 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 twenty years ago. ago. Twenty more than twenty years ago now, but um, you know, for a school in the north to win the national title um, it was uh, you know a pretty impressive day. That's for sure that day. Mike Warrior finished a, a six-way tie for eleventh place, so you weren't that yeah. far off. Uh, but good for him with two more years of eligibility. And uh, I love those stories. Late bloomer wasn't recruited by many. Let's go to this D one school, and oh, all of a sudden you're one of the top golfers. And you know, I hate to say it, but in the Big Ten probably for sure. But um, yeah, I, yeah, he he was. I, yeah, he's. A, I think he was second team All Big Ten. Yeah, that's that's super cool. All right, Mike. So you um, so you spend a lot of your days right on campus. There is that is that what you were just saying? Uh, I, I'll stop in. Um, you know, I'm I'm not there every day, um, but certainly um, a couple times a week I'll stop in and swing through and and through different events. But like uh, Justin Smith, the, the the golf coach, or yeah, uh, the golf coach. I actually saw him, um, I guess it was probably within the last month, I can't remember the exact day, of the Gophers every year hold the, um, uh, the an event called the Goldies, which is a, um, it's a, it's a Emmy Award or Oscar Award-style uh, banquet where um, they actually have a, a little statue that looks like Goldie, and it's like a best female athlete, best male athlete, here are the nominees, and so I, I help host that, and that's where I saw Coach Smith, and we had a nice conversation. So I get to see people around there. It, it, it is pretty, you know, and you, I'm sure you have this as well because you're around young people a lot. But um, as I get older, it, it, I'll be honest, it keeps me energized. Oh, yeah. Young people, um, and not just young people, you know, it's, you know being around young people can be fine, but being around young people who all um, are goal-driven, uh, want to achieve stuff, you know, um, uh, are hard workers and and generally um you know good people you know yes um, and 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 you know say what you want and you know I'll probably sound a little bit 
self-serving for the for the some of these gopher programs but um i'm telling you there are so many good kids in these programs i mean they 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 do recruit toward character as much as they can uh you know obviously you want good players and good athletes and everything else but um they they also uh those coaches place a pretty good premium on uh on on character and it's part of why a lot of those people and coaches want to recruit home state kids because Minnesota's a, a, a you know a land of a lot of great people so it, it's pretty cool uh, it does keep you energetic and energized and the passion is there when you uh, get to hang around with young people who want to be successful well Mike you probably didn't know this but I am a I'm a dad or I'm a girl dad I have three daughters yeah. I do have one son but I have three daughters two that played golf at a fairly you know, fairly good level. Uh, one was a, yeah. uh, her section champion. The other made a state tournament uh, four of her five years on varsity. And so I, I'm very into women's sports. I'm very into how these programs are doing and the Isabella McCulley story. And uh, th- those things really excite me and get me energized because, again, I have daughters. I have girls that yeah. I, I love to watch this stuff. And both of my daughters play college volleyball now. So anyways, my point in all that is that I really want to give this new Gopher women's basketball coach a chance. I was a Lindsey Whalen guy, but I also understand that Lindsey Whalen's time had probably, you know, the expiration date came, if you will. So tell us about, I don't even know if I want to risk saying the last name, but it's Dawn. Tell us about her a little bit and what you've already known about her and met, you know, I'm sure you've met with her. Give us some insight. Yeah, so it's Dawn Plitzawhite is her last name, Plitzawhite. Um, she, of course, comes from West Virginia. She was there for one year. And um, if you do, or your listeners, I think Todd and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, and it was last week. So, um, no, let me think about this. Yeah, it was last week. Well, a week ago, well, last week. If then tell me, because I didn't hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to hear my, uh, you know, so every week I do the Go Gopher podcast. Um, and that's another reason I'm on campus a lot is I'll go in and we record that somewhere on campus usually. Um, try to get, you know, different newsmakers or athletes or coaches. Well, Don Plitzoy was my guest last week on that show. Well, okay. Minutes on this podcast. And I, um, I, I, I was impressed with her when she was introduced as the head coach. Um, uh, certainly her resume and record speaks for itself. She's been a winner everywhere she's been. She's turned programs around everywhere she's been. Um, and, and there's a reason West Virginia hired her from South Dakota, right? Um, she had a great record there. Um, and coming out of the podcast after recording that with her and spending time in person with her, and then even just briefly chatting with her, you know, before and after, because oftentimes that's some of the better stuff. Yes, it is. Goes off and yes, talk, you know, um, I couldn't, I couldn't be more excited about it. I am really, um, you know, if, if as they always say, if you if if I was uh, going to invest, if there was a stock for go for women's basketball, I would be investing in that stock right now because I think it's uh, yeah, the future is bright. She, uh, man, the plan. The, you know what it quite, kind of frankly reminded me of a little bit was was how PJ Fleck instituted uh, the culture and I know so for some people they hate um, that word so, yep. yeah yeah and 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 and, and some, you know he is so into that part of it that um, some people don't understand the importance of it and I do believe that maybe a place like Minnesota it's important and look people can hate the word culture all they want and call it something else but if you don't have some baseline basis of structure, 
of a plan, of a guide. I mean, you go to any, you know, anybody that works in the corporate world and at a successful organization, they all get handbooks. And there's a reason, you know, there's a reason you get a handbook. Uh, this is how we do it. This is how we're successful. Here's how you make money. This is the flow chart. Here's what the franchise costs. Here's what this is. Here's how you implement this, you know, whatever it is. Um, and basically, PJ has that. Um, you know, uh, I mean, if he if he did have a handbook for you know, it'd be a big thick handbook. This is this is what you got to do here. This is how we do this. And there's a reason to the madness, right? And to the, mm-hmm. the uh, method, you know. And she reminded me a little bit of that. Very energetic, very strong in the pillars of. Uh, here's how we're going to do this. Here's how we do this. This is how we're going to cut down turnovers everywhere we are. We value the ball. And I'm like, boy, PJ. You know, PJ Fleck. Uh, he he says the ball is the program, which you know uh, he talks about all the time. And uh, Don Plitzewhite was talking about um, they do drills every day in practice with the sole purpose of of valuing each possession. Um, she's like, look, if we can cut four turnovers um, off of the average, that's you know that's a, a potential of of eight to twelve points. Um, and then if we can force the other team into two or three more. Um, all of a sudden, these close, tight games go your way, right? Yeah. And that was the big issue with this goal for women's team last year was they just they just did not value the ball and never got better at that particular um, the, the facet of the game uh, from the very start of the season all the way to the end. I mean, they that Big Ten tournament game at the Target Center against Penn State, a team they had swept in the regular season. Um, I forget. I think they had, was it, 12 turnovers in the first quarter? Oh, um, Something like that. I mean, it was ten to nothing, and they had barely gotten the ball over half court. Uh, now they, in, in credit to credit to their credit, they did um, get better as the game went on, and they made it a game. They were down eighteen points early, and then they might have even taken the lead late. But uh, the turnover situation, and again, they're you know they're basically playing three freshmen all the time. And so there are going to be freshman mistakes. But um, anyway, uh, it's a long answer, but I'm, I'm really excited about it. And if, if you do get, uh, you know, an hour sometime on a drive or, uh, you know, in the morning sometime, just click on that podcast and, and, and listen. And I'd be interested to, uh, to know what you think uh, after hearing her talk uh, on that podcast because she really dove into some strategy, some, some uh, you know, the way she wants to run a program. It was I, I was really impressed. Mike, thank you. I mean, I'm going to dive into that because I, I want to give her all the chances I can. I mean, that the barn hasn't been rocking since Whalen was a player. And yeah. um, there were some good times back there with her and Janet McCarville. But I, I wanted to touch on something. I just heard uh, Coach Flores, who's the new defensive coordinator for the Vikings this year, he talked about it yesterday in his interview, and people don't don't think this is a big deal in sports. It's go out and do your job, right? Just or especially at yeah. the professional level, go do your job. And he says, "Well, we can't do our job if we can't develop the chemistry between our teammates and that communication between them." So that's the number one thing they're working on right now. And people see this Flores guy as this tough, you know, strong, and we're going to put in your face. And now he's telling us, "Well, wait a minute, I have to have my my guys, my teammates, do all on the same page here." And you're right, people have. You know they hate PJ Fleck for this culture thing and this this row the boat and this camaraderie, or some do. But others of us who know how important it is in sports, if you've played, boy, it's it's just beyond beyond the pale of how necessary it is to be competitive. I mean, I don't know how a team can't or how they could survive out there and win ball games without it. And I loved hearing you talk about that. And I know that it's overused sometimes, but without it, what do you do? I mean, you you have to yeah. have that between your teammates. Well, it, it, you can win without it, um, but you to do that, you just have to have just uh, uh, just 
purely better players, right? I mean, you can't Like the win Fab Five, ball. right? Back in Michigan yeah. days, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even like, you know, I, I think you could argue there were a couple of years, times over the years, Ohio State football. Um, you know, they, they've had some chaos there at times, but yet they just keep winning. And some of that is just because they just have better players at every position. Like their second team would probably finish second in the Big Ten, right? If they just played their backups in, in games. And, um, and that just is, you know, they recruited a high level. It's a football factory. Um, you know, and over the course of time, they've, they've had issues with the guys, guys getting in trouble. They've had issues with assistant coaches getting in trouble. Um, and, and I'm not, trying to suggest that there wasn't a great culture there. Because I, I, even then, at the end of the day, you still have to have some of that. But unless you're just so, you know, uber-talented and you can just win because you're just simply got great talent, um, you know, in the NFL, that's not going to be that way. Yeah. And no chance. There's too many good players at that level and only 32 teams. Um, you're, there's just not going to be some team that, oh, well, we're just so good we can go beat any NFL team. Um, so uh, Brian Flores is right. You gotta, yeah. you, you know, whether whether you call it culture, process, whatever, and you know, to use the Gophers again as an example, uh, you go back to 2018, PJ's second year, and things were not looking great in the middle of that year. Remember, they went to I'll never forget this. Uh, we went to Illinois that year, and Illinois was no good, and Minnesota was kind of, you know, there was some hope, but then they had a couple of rough patches, and they gave up. They, they lost at Illinois like 55 to 30. They gave up 55 points to just an awful Illinois team. And PJ let uh, at that point decided, look, this is this is not going the right way. We're going to let go. And it's the only time in my time here that uh, a coordinator has been let go in the middle of the season. Yeah. But he let go of the defensive coordinator and um, and Joe Rossi, um, who had previous coordinating experience as a coordinator at Rutgers was at the time the Gopher defensive line coach, I believe. They elevate him to defensive coordinator and linebacker coach. And they went from one week, from giving up 55 points to Illinois, to the next week hosting Purdue. And if you remember in 2018, Purdue was about two weeks removed from upsetting Urban Meyer's Ohio State team in a great upset. And they were in the clubhouse lead, so to speak, for the Big Ten West in 2018. And Jeff Brom at that time was, man, this is the guy that um, is the up-and-coming coach in the Big Ten. He and P.J. Fleck are both in year two, and look at where these two programs are. They just gave up 55 at Illinois. Ohio State, you know, basically just – Purdue just beat Ohio State a couple of weeks ago. They're in the driver's seat. And Minnesota, in one week, in that change of leadership, they beat Purdue 41-10. to and yeah. everyone's looking like, how in the hell did that happen? Right. And, and Joe Rossi, as what you just mentioned with Brian Flores, Joe Rossi in one week implemented the system and said, listen, our system is, as, as you mentioned, Brian Flores said, do your job. But to do your job, you then have to trust that your teammate's going to do his job. Yep. That, was, that was absolutely the message. And because what happened was, uh, as, as things started to – uh, go a little haywire defensively through that season. Guys like Blake Cashman and Antoine Winfield and others who were very talented and are on NFL rosters um, didn't trust their teammates. Like, I don't think he's going to make that play, so i got to help. And then you end up not doing what you're, you're supposed to do, trying to do what the, your teammate's going to do. And he said, don't do that. You know, Don't do that, Blake. Just do your job. So Cashman goes out and he has, I think, 18 tackles against Purdue in that win. The next week they go to Northwestern and he has 20 tackles. Yeah. 
And the only thing he was told to do was do what you're supposed to do. Don't worry about what the linebacker next to you, the defensive tackle. And so in one week, that message, you have to trust and build. And they're like, we do trust our teammates. Well, why are you doing this? Well, because I saw on film he didn't do this and that. And he goes, yep. let, let that, him worry about that. Yep. And so within a week, and, and really Joe Rossi, you know, I mean, the guy is now considered one of the top. I mean, I think he was just named the sixth best defensive coordinator by some college football magazine in the wow. country. You know, and that that um, so that that's a long story to tell you uh, how important that trust will be for the Vikings as well. Like, just yes, you do your job, but that chemistry has to build in terms of okay. I, not only do I do my job, I don't have to worry about trying to help do another guy's job. Now, there might be times within a game where the game plan calls for other things or different technique or, oh, in this particular play, my job is to help my guy because he's going to do something else, and we drop back into coverage instead of rush the passer on this job. You know, defensive end normally would be a pass rusher. There are times where, you know, what we're going to do to fool him, we're going to drop Carter Coughlin into pass coverage and blitz a guy from a different side, and the offensive lineman's going to have no idea what to do. And that happens a lot. So, you know, usually Carter Coughlin's job would be, hey, go sack the quarterback. But on this play, he's going to drop back and cover the receiver or cover the tight end. And the guy that normally covers the tight end is going to blitz. And this is a very simplified deal. There's there's much more to it. But So sometimes your job um, is maybe not to do what you normally do as well, right. but just know that that's your job. Well, Mike, thanks so much. I love your insight. I love chatting with you. I love when Todd says, I'm going to be gone on Thursday. Can you talk to Mike? I say, yes. So, Mike, um, thanks again for joining us. And, Todd and friends, have a great day, my friend. Okay, we enjoyed it as well, as always. Thank you. That's uh, Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, here on the Todd and Friends podcast, brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC. We hope you all have a wonderful afternoon. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.